Welcome to another episode of the Cambridge Endurance Sports Podcast. Today I'm chatting to Lucy Dowsett, a teacher and a very fast runner. You'll hear all about her story from being a very fast six-year-old right through to what she's up to today. Her passion for running and her determination come through throughout the interview, I'm sure you'll agree. So sit back, keep running or keep riding and enjoy my chat with Lucy Dowsett. Run here again, run turning. I hear you had that soppy jaws cousin of mine, that Stu Pidcock, on going on about how he's going to start running. He keeps mouthing off to me, telling me how fit he is, and how he's going to be faster than I am. No chance, mate. I've got more muscle in my drink, you know, than he has in the whole of his body. Anyway, I suppose I'd better listen in case he starts running and trying to challenge me to a race or something. I can't have him beat me, can I? So this better be good. Here, Trace, chuck us in, fags. Okay, well, I'm really glad to be here with Lucy Dowsett this afternoon. And uh, it is the afternoon. The reason it's the afternoon is because we're both on half term as we're both teachers. Um, Lucy, you're a teacher in Market Harbour now. How's that? Uh, yes, yeah, no, it's treating me well. Um, I'm, gosh, uh, almost 10 years into my teaching now. And uh, it's taken me a while to sort of settle into it. And um, for me personally, to get get a job that I really enjoy now I mean I've had a bit of a roller coaster my teaching I've had um you know as we all go through our tough training year and mm. um then an NQT year which is also very full-on um spent a couple of years teaching uh, as a new teacher in Warwick and then yeah Harvey and I bought our, our first house in Market Harbour and yeah settled down there for now and um yeah very lucky I found a job that I really enjoy now um just just actually just north towards Leicester um, okay. um in um Great Glen so yeah uh, I'm at a Leicester Grammar Junior School which I'm really enjoying at the moment and you teach PE of course is it that- that's is it. that does your partner yeah. teach PE as well? Is he a different subject? No, no, no. He's not a teacher. He's oh. an engineer. Oh, right. Um, so yeah, he's he's uh, been working from home for a long time now. Right, but right. Uh, yeah, usually would would be doing his engineering um, out out of the house. But yeah, he he doesn't get the luxury of the holidays like we do. So. Uh, but he does run. <laughs> but he does run. He yeah, does. yeah. Excellent. And um, I mean, I. PE isn't my main subject, but I know when I've done a day's supply teaching PE, and I still do teach some PE, um, my legs don't feel the freshest because you're up, you're on your feet all day. Perhaps you've even got a fixture afterwards to go to, and going and doing a running session after that isn't. You have to. I think you have to gear yourself up for it. Do you still? How do you find that? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I mean, I, I actually teach um, at a junior junior. Uh, school at the moment and uh yeah it's it's a it's a private grammar so um the kids are very fortunate they get you know quite um quite in-depth p provision um and yeah we do fixtures uh just like the senior school would maybe not so long or as uh intense as them but certainly um in, in normal times we do have fixtures at least once a week sometimes more than that with our with our sort of uh, year threes upwards so mm-hmm. they're very lucky they get that um but obviously that means for me personally it's it's some quite long days once you've been when you've been teaching all day and then you sometimes aren't finishing till six o'clock um and then you're you know, getting home finding some energy through some food or something and then having to go out and train and yeah then I tend to have my dinner up you know proper dinner after training and right. I find it hard to run with a stomach full of food so yeah not eating your tea till nine o'clock at night or something mm. um half past nine which is not not a healthy way to be but you have to fit it around what you do and um yeah yeah definitely running on tired legs but I think your body just adapts you yeah. have to learn to you know you, you do and yeah certainly in half term you'll understand that you it's a luxury having having the time to choose pick and choose when you train um so I just try and make the most of the holiday periods really really try and do what I can then um and uh yeah just just do what you can I think a lot of te- a lot of people who have full-on jobs and that are, you know, like teaching that are quite inflexible you have to yeah just work around it but um do you do early mornings at all or all evenings uh, mostly evenings, yeah. I'm not such a morning person. I'm more of a night owl. So yeah, yeah. I wish I was a morning person. Make make it easier, but um, but yeah, you know, maybe that's maybe that's something. I mean, it's, it's weird because actually, I quite enjoy you know park runs on a Saturday or or um, you know, I've never been one to sort of struggle with an early race. You know, especially when I was younger, on sort of uh, where you'd have 
maybe at nationals where you have heats in the 800s and you have a heat in the morning, a semi-final in the evening and the final the next day. I never was a runner that struggled with that. So, yeah, mm. I don't think I, I dislike mornings. I'm just, I just like my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, as you say, you're teaching at a junior school now and if anyone's been on the Instagram page, they'll have seen a photo of you um, when you were at primary school in the local school here, which is uh, Hazingfield. And it looks there as you're... Uh, finishing your 60 meters or whatever it was that you're you're cruising to victory there and oh, it's uh, quite a, yeah it's quite a funny photo I, I think it always looks like I'm looking at the crowds yeah you, come on give us a cheer and I don't know I don't know what was going through my head I mean I must have only been about seven but um yeah oh gosh I I loved uh sports day as a kid you know that was the highlight of my of my year definitely and uh when they I just remember like when they laid out put the markings of the white lies on the grass I'd get so excited um and want to run on it as soon as it was put down um and yeah it was it was a very yeah very fond memories of the sports day as a kid and Mm. and uh yeah I mean we spoke about this uh, pre-talking you know pre-the-interview like yeah yes because we have a I just let people know we have a, a mutual friend or family in fact and uh, they remember you very well as being someone who used to beat all the boys right at primary school and that led to them want the boys wanting you in their teams which must have been quite unusual as a girl how, how did you find yeah. that was that a nice experience oh, oh I loved it yeah I mean I've always been competitive um just just to give you an example I mean obviously running I've always loved running and I love you know taking on the boys beating the boys um but I remember I was you know actually up to sort of the age of 14 15 I was really into cricket um mm. I, I played a bit of county cricket mm. when I could fit it in um but I remember playing on the quick quick cricket team um at, at Hazenfield Primary School and I think we we won the district competition and I was I must have been about year six you know we won the uh, got to county one and we were in the final against another primary school um I think they were like from Linton or something or Impington you know one of the, that was a good sort of sporty sport sport I remember the secondary school being a bit college for sports and stuff and um, they always had good provision into the primary schools and uh, anyway I had some really good boys in the team with me that you know were very talented cricket players and they played county cricket themselves you know a couple of years after that um and I remember in the final we were just we were against a better team and all the boys sort of their heads dropped they were they were like you know oh we're gonna lose we're gonna lose and I was like, having a go at them I was like, for goodness sake you know we, we we can't give up we've got to keep winning and I think it was almost that early even that early on I realized that as much as I love my love my sports I loved all sports you know I love cricket or anything really um but I was quite I was very determined very competitive and actually I realised that sometimes teams can let you down, and yeah. uh, you, you, you know it's it's that's I suppose at the point I realised if I want to achieve something, it, if I get it wrong, it doesn't go well, and it's it's an individual event like athletics. It's it's only myself I can blame, and I didn't like it if you know anybody else was going to let me down. Mm. So. Yeah, that's interesting actually that you liked you sort of went towards the individual thing because. A lot of people really, well, I think you do too, though. You enjoy the relays and things like that, though, nevertheless, right, yeah. do you? Yeah, so, yeah so... I do. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a quite a solitary sport, um, mm. like cycling, swimming, it's, you know, any of these individual sports. Um, but, yeah, I think as a, certainly as a senior, when, you know, um, as a junior, there's, there's a lot, lot of competition out there. As a senior, um, there was obviously still a lot of competition out there, but I think you really start to miss, you know, for, for me especially now, I, I don't have such a big training group or a training group regularly that I have with that sort of camaraderie. I really thrive on the relays now, and mm. I think it's such a such a, a great thing. And actually, as a junior um, at CNC, there never was a senior relay team. Um, no. I don't know if that's been mentioned. I think I think Jonathan Escalante Phillips mentioned that. You know, yeah. there was not really a senior uh, pitcher um, mm. when I was, you know, growing up at the club. And for it to have taken off the way it has recently is just phenomenal. And for me, is a massive, you know, carrot dangling to say, you know, there's so many goals and, and aims still out there to to train for because yeah. uh, even if things are not going so well individually, there's um, fantastic team opportunities out there. So. Brilliant. Yeah, well, that, that's sort of where you're at now, hopefully. But let's go back to the primary school then. When did it go from uh, quick cricket and uh, winning the sports day to actually joining CNC and running competitively? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, 
interestingly, I think I was obviously in year six, and I think, you know, obviously my mum and dad were like, oh, you know, you've obviously got the talent for running, you know, you win the races, you beat the boys. And I'll tell you what it was, it was like the two-lap race around Hazlingfield Primary School playing field, you mm-hmm. know, we'd do two laps, and I think I would win it by half a lap, you know, quite significant amount. And obviously other parents would say to my mum and dad, oh, you know, Lucy's Lucy's really got potential, I think, of you know, running, you know, so maybe, you know, and obviously mum and dad said, oh, well, she could, you know, do a bit more of it. So I think back in the, back in the day before internet and and things were so easy, it sounded, make me sound so old, but, <laughs> you know, I was, yeah, this was, I'm talking about 2010, uh, sorry, 2009, uh, no, I've really got my, my dates mixed up here, so 2000 and, no, 1999, I was nine. So, yeah, t- year 2000, 2001, there we go. Okay. Gosh, it feels like yesterday, but it yeah. is. It? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think my mum helped me write a letter to Comberton because that's where I would have been going um, into year seven um, mm-hmm. from Hazenfield. And uh, we wrote to them to say, could, could you let us know where you recommend um Lucy goes for running, you know, mm. a club or whatever, because um, we didn't know anything about the running community. My mum used to run as a, as a as a youngster, but yeah, she, my parents didn't grow up in Cambridge; they're from Essex, so um, we didn't really know the local club um, as such then. Um, anyway, so I got a reply from Mrs. Edwards, who actually ended up being my form. I know her. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, a lovely lady. Mel, that's it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she, her, her handwritten note back in the post was, you know, you should get in contact with uh, CNC, uh, Neil Costello, who was the chairman. I don't know if he still is, uh, potentially. He has been up till quite recently. If he hasn't, mm. hasn't. Yeah, yeah, I know Neil well, yes. and Yeah, yeah so, yeah, so, um, yeah, get in contact and I'm sure they'll help you out. So, yeah, it was it was great when I found out she was in my form tutor and obviously a PE mm. teacher and supported me and had great interest in, in me developing as a runner. So, yeah, I got in touch with the club and I think um, didn't want to really go on my own. So a couple of friends from primary school came along with me and we used to enjoy getting McFlurry from McDonald's <laughs> after a session. <laughs> so, I get, yeah, I got a taster for it and... Uh, couple of my friends you know they, they joined me and then they weren't really that bothered um but I obviously really liked it um got got you know tried hurdles tried mm. throwing definitely not my thing um and all sorts of things bit of long jump and high jump whatever you do as a, as a mm. youngster and try everything and then yeah just kind of um found my feet at the club um did a couple of races in I think 2000 and one yeah so I'd have been year year six then just going into year seven in September so did a couple of races um one I think I maybe won a couple and then finished second or third in a couple and then yeah then I think I was um a coach um a guy called Mike Mike Vogel who um he his wife Hillary um as well was um involved mm. and they had a really good little group um and he said obviously noticed a little bit of potential in me and said would you like to come and, and train with us and I did um and then just sort of to show you how quickly I realized um you know my potential is I was in year seven and I did the district schools and I won the district schools cross country um which was yeah great so I've got to win nothing mega but then I went on to represent the county in year seven and won the county schools and nice. then I went to the regional schools, which was in uh, Norwich at the time. Yeah. So that was like Suffolk, Norfolk, um, mm-hmm. Lincolnshire, all the counties around that area came to involved. And yeah, won, won the Anglian schools in year seven. And yeah, with probably a couple of months of going to C&C twice a week, um, if that, yeah. maybe once a week at that point. Um, and I and I remember thinking, yeah, okay, I'm <laughs> quite good at this. And I think my <laughs> mum and dad were shocked. You know, they, they yeah. thought, wow, we knew she was good, but obviously as you step up and start to race you know outside of your local area then you realize that you've maybe got a bit of a talent so yeah that was a shock for me as well um obviously I was really really proud and made me realize yeah you should you should keep at this so yeah it's funny how cross country is probably the most competitive thing at that age isn't it more yeah. more so than the track isn't it so at the time did you think of yourself as a cross country runner or, or just a runner or a sprinter at that time what did you did you oh. did you think of yourself as an endurance athlete at that time or not yeah i, I guess i i guess you're, it's also new to you at yeah. that age you don't really know what you are i mean mm. i didn't at that point it's funny because you know a few years later i realized i definitely preferred the track and i i although i was 
relatively good at cross country. Um, it definitely, I found it tough. You know, I, uh, I, I sort of, I didn't mind the mud, didn't mind the hills, but it was tough. Whereas the track just came a little bit more naturally and a little bit easier to me, I think. So yeah, at that stage, I didn't really know what my thing was going to be. I think obviously, yeah, the, the coach I was with at that point, he he recognised that I had potential in the, in the endurance side of things, so that's where I went. But, you know, another coach might have take, taken me under his wing or yeah. her, her under my wing and I could have ended up in a sprint group. Cause, um, well, I mean, looking, yeah, looking, I, at your, looking at your personal best, let's get them out there so people know, you know, that I'm not just talking to any old person here. <laughs> um, so <laughs> your, your PBs range from a 56 second 400 to, and well, probably beyond that as well, but the ones I've got written here, to a 9 37 3k so that's already a fair range isn't it yeah yeah I, oh my gosh i think if if i had a choice you know when people say you know or if you could do any discipline what would you do i, I probably would have chosen the 400 i really? loved mm. speed i loved sprinting i just loved you know the flow of just going you know i was out as such um i wasn't built to be a 100 meter runner or a 200 mm. meter runner really um if you look at me physically, like I'm very light upper body, and then yeah, I mean I've, I've seen those cross country photos that you sent me, and it looks like you'd be good in the mud because you're light and you look like you're floating <laughs> over it. But you didn't like that as oh, much as the God. track. <laughs> no, oh no, I definitely don't feel like I float over the mud. Um, I think it's rhythm for me. I really like right. the rhythm, and obviously cross country, your rhythm is is, is interrupted. But it's a funny one. I, I I say my my love of cross country has 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 grown again you know obviously mm. enjoyed it as a, as a youngster and then yeah didn't lost love of it i still did it because i knew it was really good for me on the track and really good for my endurance um because as a junior you know you don't really do road running it's more cross country or track so yeah i definitely saw the benefits of it but yeah it wasn't my favorite thing and then yeah more recently i've definitely sort of realized that it's it's, it's good fun it's tough but it's good fun Mm. So you had a you deb your debut at cross country took you already to sort of national level. When did you keep going with that year after year in, as you went through secondary school, or, or was that a bit of an up and down time? Or was it um, yeah, I did. I, I I definitely kept it going. I mean, I think after that, so as a year seven, you can't go beyond regional level, um, mm. and then as a year eight, um, I went. Uh, yeah so as a year eight I think I fell ill when it was like the English school champs which was the big thing for me yeah. in cross country I wasn't going to travel around the UK to race over cross country because it just wasn't something I you know I wasn't like the best in the UK I was yeah, you're very young away. still as well yeah yeah I was very young um so that age I wasn't traveling all over the place but obviously I went qualified for the English schools and then I think I had like flu and I remember really wanting to go and mum was like you can't go it was down in Brighton and she's like you cannot run you know you're full of cold you're not well it's stupid so I didn't go and I was gutted and then the following year we'd been um on holiday in Australia over um mm. Christmas my my uh, dad's brother lived out there so we uh, still does actually so we went to visit um had christmas out there it was amazing mm. and uh tried my best we traveled a lot in a camper van we had a few days in hotels a few years in camper van. i tried my best to train out there you know as a mm. 13 14 year old and um yeah ended up finishing 13th at the english schools which i think was my, my best ever position as a as a year nine mm. and uh just missed out on like an England school's vest so I remember my coach saying if you hadn't been abroad you know you've been at home <laughs> you'd have made it but you know what I, I'd have, I took it over, over going to Australia at that point I wasn't that bothered so yeah um I think obviously I had I had potential in it but it's a bit of a mind game for me cross country was always a bit you know mind over matter and yeah I hmm. think I always believed I was better at track so that was yeah. that was for me it's where my passion and my focus and belief really lied so. yeah so when did you first do a national level track competition uh so yeah so i think something i'm really proud of in in my junior years was qualifying for the your pc obviously here if you're not familiar with the english schools um it is sort of the big thing um mm. for any junior athletes um but yeah i, I qualified for that every year in track so from yes. for six out of six which not many people do because mm. uh you know either they take up the sport a little bit later so they don't miss out they miss out in the junior years but in yeah so i first got a flavor for that probably as a year nine so uh, is it yeah yeah year nine that's right i think it was in so 2003 mm. uh 
This is 800 uh, we're talking. Yeah, 800, sorry. And uh, I had had some really good competition. And I think, you know, looking back, that's probably what drove me on to to the performances I did was having some really talented girls from the county and um, uh, a girl called Christy Smith who kind of, she, she was really talented and she didn't really... I don't think she really did it for very long. Um, she had other interests, clearly, but very talented runner at Hunts AC. And right. um, she, she came second and at the counties. And we both, she ran a very quick time, like 2.14 something or 2.15, which was still mm. nationally really, really up there. And um, yeah, so she, she she was the B string runner for the, for the school's team in the summer. And I ended up getting disqualified in my <laughs> long story. I basically... At the, the national schools, I stepped on my line going around the first 100 metres, um, not out my lane, but on the bend. And obviously, you have to stick to your lane. And it's really strict at the nationals, mm. um, you know, proper officials, like a, like an Olympics would be, you know. Yeah. If, if, if you put a step wrong, anything wrong. When did you find it. out? Did they tell you at the finish line? Or? <laughs> Gosh, so I finished my heat, won my heat. And this is what was so frustrating for me. You know, I stepped on a line, didn't actually gain a big advantage it's not like mm. I broke early or I pushed somebody over or I, I I had no idea um that I had done anything wrong and I and I won my heat by about three or four seconds um definitely didn't gain that much advantage yeah. from it. and you know uh, most people would sort of think oh you know just let it go um but yeah I, I my team manager for the for um a lady called Mary Hode who uh, was a really, really lovely lady. Um, her, from memories of, of her looking after me at that championship, and, mm. and the older athletes in the team who could see how gutted I was. Because mm. yeah, I, I was gunning for a medal. I actually wanted to win that year, yeah. and uh, could have won, and potentially should have won, and I didn't get that opportunity. Um, but yeah, they, they, they came over, and, and the the two managers said, "Oh, Lucy, um, there's, they, they want to disqualify you, but we don't quite know why because it wasn't obvious what I'd done wrong at that point. Um, and then I found out, and yeah, I think I cried for about a week when oh. I <laughs> you can't believe it means that much, but yeah, it, I, I was really gutted about that. Um, cried for a week, got over it eventually. But my point was going to be so that the B runner, Christy, she ended up getting the silver medal in the huh. final. So just to show you, like, yeah, what could have I been, was, what could have been, but um. Fortunately, I bounced back, and I think the week later, um, I ran my PB that season uh, at a Watford Open or BMC right. two eleven two nine, which got me onto the all time lists. Which yeah, so that was Brilliant. a good performance. And then I think I ended up winning silver at the at the nationals later on in August um, behind Lindsay Sharp. Who, if you follow Athletic, you'll know Lindsay Sharp's been a very successful senior international. Um, yeah. So yeah, 
I can't I can't complain about finishing second to her because she's a very big very big talent. So yeah, I mean, yeah. look looking down looking down uh, the column there on the right hand side on your power of ten, you do see that your name is in the the top five or six ranked for quite a few times in different yeah, different events. I think it's, yeah, it's funny. It's this kind of I think that's the story of my junior career. I I was very close to being you know I, I won I never won a national national title um i've got many silvers sadly mm. um always the bridesmaid never the bride they say don't they um <laughs> i obviously extremely proud of those silver medals um i put a lot of work into them as a junior mm. trained very hard for them and uh no one wants to finish second but i don't really remember ever being too gutted about those silvers you know i i i realized on the day i was beaten by a better runner and mm. um I gave all I got, you know, all I, all I had, and um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I do think I always got very, very close, um, and especially, you know, thinking about sort of international vests, I was always just on the periphery, and a few times had, you know, UK Athletics at the time contact me about mm. um, potentially making GB teams as mm. an under twenty or under eighteen, and. Yeah. yeah, I was on their radar, but yeah. yeah, it just didn't quite get those qualifying times or um, yeah. Make, it sounds make, make sounds make like you you were very aware of those sort of things, like the the pathway to getting to a, a, a medal or a selection, which is quite unusual, I think, at a, a young age like that. You know, yeah. you hear a lot of young people saying, "When I was young, I was just running for fun or trying just trying to do my best." Whereas it seems like you were you were quite focused from focused. very early on. Yeah, I definitely was. Um, yeah, I'd say from the age, as I say, from from the from the point where I was competitive on a national national level, I, you know, I realised there were opportunities out there to get international vests, and I was driven to want to do that. Um, yeah, for whatever reasons, injuries, um, you know, tight timing of getting into your peak form. Mm. Um, I did tend to be quite slow to get into my running, like looking looking back at things, you know, county champs was always like May and I remember I was never in full flow by then. It took mm. me a while and often a lot of my PBs were running July, August, maybe even September. So yeah, That's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing, yeah. No, not at all. But I think, you know, obviously as a junior, you like so much um, responsibility onto your coach to get mm. that right for you and trust in them to, to know how to tailor your training to, to, for when to peak. But, um, yeah, uh, I think as a junior, there's so many variables that come into your performance, yeah. you know, your your schoolwork, your, your other commitments. I mean, I I also played netball and, and cricket um, at county level until about the age of 14, 15. Mm. So, yeah, I, I had other interests and other things I wanted to do. And then I realised, I think, um, I had to, if I wanted to really achieve or, or get the most out of myself in my athletics, I had to just focus on that. So, yeah, yeah. from the age of, sort of 15, 16, that's what I did. And... Yeah, I, I, as I say, I'm I'm very proud of of the times I ran and and, and the medals I won and, and things. But yeah, I have no regrets over my junior years and, and yeah. what I did and what I didn't do. But yeah, it's um, it was an exciting time for me. Good stuff. Yeah, and then after after that, as you sort of went over sixteen, your time still progressed i mean you got down to the times i've mentioned you got a 206 800 at some point didn't you what how did that sort of progression go if you like after after the age of 16 was it a steady progression to get to your peak or did you have like one wonderful year how did it work and then of course you went to birmingham is that right and carried on running there so what where where do you think you peaked Um, in those in as a as a junior let's say as a as an under 20 gosh i mean i i'd say i'd probably say yeah, 20, 2005, 2007, I had some very good years. It was funny, I, can't, I always had said to, like, I remember saying to my mum, I think I had a thing for, for the odd odd years oh, yeah. that performed well, and, and then the even years. Oh, you should, you should have been in the Olympics this year then, shouldn't you? I know, I know. I remember <laughs> We've got an odd it year. Well, it works out well for the Olympics, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I was maybe a bit superstitious about that. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of athletes can relate to that. You know, you do work in cycles and sometimes if you've had a really good year it takes its toll on your body and then you know injuries will, will come up or pop up and then it's managing those but yeah I I definitely you know had a lot of success um on a national level uh, sort of late, mid to late teens mm. and then um yeah it was a funny time I remember you know at sixth form then deciding you know where I was going to go to university and 
decided you know that's a big decision at, mm. at, at that age and I you know I looked at the, the, the really good universities for athletic support um so obviously Loughborough is, is always yep. renowned for that um Birmingham University where I ended up going uh, St Mary's was was pushed quite In a London, lot yeah um, it, yeah, it was it was less academic, and I think my my mum was always you know you want to go for the best uni you can, you want to push yourself, and because I you know I was I was very much an all rounder at school, you know I, I I wasn't I wasn't a brain box, I worked hard, but I you know I achieved I achieved good grades, and it's because I worked hard, and I think that's just in my nature. I do hmm. you know whatever I do, I, I commit hard to it. You know whether it's school work, work work, or yeah. you know my athletics, I. It's in my nature to want to, to do my best for myself and for for those around me. So, yeah, I um I decided um, it was a hard decision and actually a hard time. And there was a few things. I mean, not making um an international. I was so close to making international teams and and not quite getting there. Um, there was a few things that kind of got in the way of that. And at that point, um, I, I just felt like I needed to change. You know, I was like something needs to change and. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I think I don't know whether I'd outgrown my training group at CNC, but mm. I felt like I needed. Um, I think people get to the point where they've had a coach for a long time, and then they feel like they need somebody with, you know, different um, different ideas. Sometimes different. a new stimulus can give you that jump and form, that, can't it? That's it. And um, you know, I, I can't thank my I think I can't thank my coaches enough for what they did as a you know as a junior and how they supported me, but it definitely got to that point where I felt like almost there was a bit of a limitation on, on the level I could achieve um, in the setting I was in. And um, it was a really sad situation. I, I left I left my coach and um, and then within sort of six months, he passed away uh, really suddenly. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, he and his wife were, were really close, a really close unit and, and incredible coaches to me. So that was a really tricky time. And I think it was around that time, 2008, you know that I did have a bit of a dip in my form, and you know, obviously, I, I didn't have a coach, a, a, you know, a really supportive coach at that time. I ended up um, getting support for a, a chap called Craig Winrose, and you know, a really good coach, um, yeah. ex-athlete who's based at St Mary's, and um, yeah, he's coached a lot of talented runners, um, the current GB, you know, internationals, and I knew him through sort of the circuit, and he knew my name through the circuit, and he got in touch and offered some support, and was keen for me to go to St Mary's, but. Yeah, my my mum was sort of like, oh, Luce, you don't even need A levels to get into this. I, was <laughs> I, I think they were offering me a place without any kind of grades, and you don't want that, you know. You want your you, as a mother, you want your daughter to, you know, push herself. And yeah. yeah, that would have been an easy option, not to worry about my grades and not to work hard. And obviously, she wanted me to do that. So yeah, I carried on, and then yeah, applied for for Birmingham, and was really really excited to to get an offer from them and uh, get the grades to go there. So yeah, did sports science at Birmingham, and uh, yeah, the, you know another chapter. Um, yeah. I kind of settled into set, settled into that. Took a year or so to settle into the routines there and, and adapt to the training because it was a very different training. Um, I was under the guidance of uh, Bud Baldaro. Oh yeah, famous. Coach, yeah, you know, Bud. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Known as a distance coach as well. You know, yes. you know, longer distance. Yeah, in, that's it. Um, endurance, uh, definitely endurance focus, but um, has in coached, has coached hundreds and hundreds of very, very talented runners, and and was a wonderful, wonderful man, and still is a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, not so much involved these days, um, mm. but yeah, it was very, very full, uh, very, very hands on, and um, um, supportive of all the athletes other, that that were there at Birmingham at the time when I was yeah. studying. It's quite there. A, so, quite a competitive yeah. atmosphere, I'd imagine there, isn't it? I mean, the, the cross country leagues around there are very competitive. It's a obviously a very populated area as well, for, even for the non students. But I think both student and general is a, is a good area for quality competition, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Um, I mean, it kind of it's just incredible. I mean, you know, you, you, you any day of the week there'd be someone to run with, um, and you know, really good structured sessions. And I think for me, that was the biggest change in my training. And obviously, you, you know, you touched earlier on how I had quite good um, speed, you know, mm. my 400 times um, were quite, quite mm. reasonable for a middle distance, longer distance athlete, and uh, cross country runner. And I definitely changed my training when I went to university. It became a lot more endurance based. So mm. I think that's when obviously I, I kind of brought my 3K time down. Um, that became a lot stronger and my 1500 I think that's probably something I I never really like I didn't really enjoy the 1500 that much or definitely didn't enjoy the 3k I just 
gave it, gave it, gave it a go and, and ended up with a re- quite quite surprised myself at the time I managed to achieve that. I remember that was a real slog. But um, the yeah, the for 15 is probably an event that I am, it's probably my event, but I, I for whatever reason, I just didn't take to it as a kid or, or you know, as a, as a, as a teenager, I never really loved it. Um, but mm. yeah, I think maybe that would have been my, or still can be my best yeah. better event. Um, so yeah, um, certainly that being at Birmingham and in that setup with um, the endurance focus definitely helped bring that side of side of my uh, strength out. So that was that was really good. Do you want to give us a very sort of rough view of what a week's training would look like then when you were going strong at Birmingham? Yeah, so um, we we laughed, we laughed, we'd call it the Monday night race, it was the Monday night run, but we'd all meet at the Munro um, Sports Centre, um, you know, boys and, boys and girls, um, mm. men and women, and um, go out for a good sort of steady tempo threshold run, um, it would wind up and get tougher yeah. and tougher, and then it would be like a sprint for the finish, definitely the, the boys were guilty of that, the girls not so much, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, just to give you a flavour of like, you know, I was in a real good cohort of um, of runners. So Hannah England's a couple of years mm. older than me, but you know, she was she was training. I was training with her, um, non Stanford. Oh, triathlete! Um, yeah, yeah, very well known. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm. non came from a swimming and running background, and then took up the bike um, at mm. university, where she's tried to she, yeah, she transitioned into triathlon. Um, yeah, she. I mean, I, obviously, running. being a triathlete, you know about non. She was there was a year when her running was probably the best on the world circuit in the triathlon so she she really is a phenomenal 10k runner if you know oh my goodness yeah yeah. i mean she was she yeah obviously uh from 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 wales but she um she was yeah had i'm sure at some point she was like yeah a british british record holder for like 3k Mm. as an under 15 under 17 or something you know she was she was a real talent at that um and came from a swimming background so again her endurance was always good Mm. um and yeah so yeah i had hannah had hannah england um, and non stanford as as training partners you Mm. know uh, uh, and they're just some of the girls i mean there's hundreds of uh, hundreds but there's there's definitely 20 30 girls that were national level athletes that i was training with and yeah, of course, it's going to bring the best out of you, and and I just you know they were my best friends as well. It wasn't mm. it wasn't a rivalry. We would we you know we were all supporting each other, and such a wonderful environment. Are very fond memories of my my time at Birmingham. Um, mm. Definitely, you know, I felt like it it it, it brought the best out of me. Um, so you had your Monday night wind up. What, what yeah, else? Sorry, I've no, got, that's all right. got, got sidetracked by it. <laughs> so it. yeah, those girls were heading that. So Monday night wind up. Um, Tuesday would be um, a track session. Um, yeah, quite, quite like short recoveries, long reps. Um, so yeah, quite high volume, um, which I wasn't used to. So I mm. didn't really enjoy those so much. But I knew that you know they were they were obviously what I needed to progress. Um, looking at what Hannah had achieved, sure. it obviously worked. So yeah, I was willing to give that a go. Um, and then Wednesday would be circuits and like a sort of uh, re- relatively relaxed run. You know, thirty forty minute run. I never yeah. did a, a lot of high mileage. Um, it never really worked for me. I found that I could sort of do so much. And mm. for me, it wasn't like, yeah, we talked about I've got quite a light frame. So I never needed to sort of keep the mileage high to keep my weight down or anything like that. It was more, um, you know, what my body could take. Sure. And if I if I stepped over, say, probably 40 miles, mm. which, you know, obviously I was more of an 8.15 runner at the time at university. If I stepped over 40 miles, I'd just have niggles and... Mm. quite work but yeah so Wednesdays I do some circuit training um sometimes some S&C was introduced sort of towards my final year and I think that really made a difference to my strength and the ability to push my body you know faster okay. on the track um and then Thursday um maybe a bit of a shorter session or a grass session um yeah hills hills is something I really rate and I've really enjoyed in my time mm. um and then yeah Saturdays again another session uh, often grass um grass based i would say we didn't really yeah we didn't really do a lot on the road if i think back to it but it's quality 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 it's like three four sessions hard sessions a week at least yeah it is sunday longer run but Mm. um i yeah i've always been of that stance it's it's quality over quantity it's definitely worked for me um doesn't work for everybody some people you know need need to get the miles and the legs but for me it's more about yeah running race pace or, or faster mm. um 
but obviously that does take its toll on your body so yeah, yeah it's that fine line isn't it it always is how you how you manage manage um yeah. volume and the, the intensity of the training and, and how your body reacts to it but yeah i'm all for a lot of rest as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i definitely have at least at least one rest day yeah, yeah when i'm when i was when i was at my peak it would be a friday friday rest day nice oh, that's good yeah. yeah so um one thing i don't want to forget to talk about because you've mentioned it is um your association with the kelly holmes um is it called on camp that you were doing with That's her right. oh, yeah. So yeah it's not something i know a lot about so do you want to tell us about that yeah of course yeah no um oh massive massive highlight for me um um as a as a junior runner so yeah when i was about uh 50 uh, i think it was 2004 she first set up the initiative so yeah if you think she won her double gold um 1500 um olympic titles in 2004 at athens um so she was you know obviously i was just starting to get into the sport at that point and, and realized that you know it was it was a sport for me and so she was a massive inspiration at that point. Um, I remember, you know, vividly watching the, the, the time watching up in Scotland. I think we were on summer holidays up in Scotland with my family and watching it on the TV um, mm. in, in the in the house we were staying in and screaming at the TV, oh my gosh, and then racing back in the car to get home to watch her 1500 metre final. I can't remember the order of say at 15, but um, she'd already obviously won one gold and then, you know, racing back to get to watch her final on the TV from Scotland and we made it and just catching her take the double up, thinking, you know, wow, what, what an achievement. Um, so yeah, just, I think it must have already been in the pipeline for her, but post that, obviously she retired and then she set up On Camp with Kelly, which was sponsored at the time by um, Nora Junior and Aviva. Aviva, yeah, they were both the very one. involved with yeah. athletics, weren't they? Yeah, That's it, real big sponsor of it. So um, yeah, she had the support and backing of that and um, she, yeah, she basically, her, her vision was to support um, junior junior athletes um in their transition to become a senior senior um competitor mm. because she realized that the dropout rate was was quite drastic you know you have all these kids um you know achieve, achieving a, a junior level but then mm. very very few make it to senior level and i think she was really wanting to pinpoint those sort of 16 17 18 year olds and, and what what goes wrong or, or why is it that there's such a dropout at that at that age and um yeah essentially i think she looked at the sort of UK rankings and, and um, got in contact in touch with, say, the top 20 or whatever yeah. and said, um, I'd like to invite you to um, a, a, a trial day, a um, bit, bit like a, because obviously she was in the army, so a bit mm. like a recruitment day. Um, and that was in that was in Birmingham, actually. Um, so I was 16 at the time. So I went over to the Alexander Stadium and the head of the, it's, it's been revamped now uh, for the Commonwealth Games in mm. 2022. But, yeah, it was. Uh, they had the indoor stadium at that point. And I remember going to the selection day and having to like climb a rope and see how long we could hang on the rope yeah. that we dropped. And it was it was obviously all these sort of mental toughness tests and and things. And she was with a you know a, a lot of um, a lot of people to help her physios, um, just just close friends that she she'd gained from her her athletics uh, uh, career she had asked them to help her with this and mm. uh yeah we we I, I was very fortunate to get selected and um basically it was a mentoring scheme and it looked at educa athlete education so um i went to these camps um in loughborough down in tunbridge where she was from um, oh, yeah. where she lived and was based um in birmingham um sometimes up north in leeds was, was a venue because she had her physio was um a lady called Alison Rose, which ironically is my mum's name. Um, <laughs> so yeah, my mum's my mum's maiden name is Rose. So yeah, um, she was um, she was her, her physio all through her Olymp you know her Olympic achievements and things. And yeah, she uses a lot of her contacts to support. You know, she used a lot of her contacts to support the mentoring scheme. Mm. And um, yeah, it was incredible. So we'd we'd be invited to you know a couple of days or a week camp i was once very fortunate to go to portugal um the wow. international training camp um in i was in 2012 which was actually the last year she i obviously had her her funding support um for the for the program up to 2012 mm. um but yeah i mean hannah england was one of her first sort of recruits for that back in 2004 when it first started and then it, it became bigger and bigger um i suppose she secured the funding and managed to uh, invite more athletes on board but yeah it, it looked at um 
not just, you know, um, we did train together. Um, the group yeah. athletes that were selected, we'd, 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 you know, obviously she didn't want to become our coach or anything like that. She was very conscious that we were all from different backgrounds and all had, mm. you know, different aspirations in terms of some were, were cross-country runners, some were 3K runners, some were 800-meter runners. So we'd sort of group together in our different disciplines um, and, and train together on the camp. But it was more about, it was more about, the like the, the well-rounded athlete so she'd look at um psychological you know sports psychology um i know you've had a podcast um yeah with helen about that, that yeah with helen that's it so yeah she'd support us with that with goal setting nutrition so you know we'd, we'd have um really brilliant qualified nutritionists come and talk to us i remember one of them said about you know think of your body as, as a car like you don't just put anything into a car you, you put a specific you know fuel into a car um, to, to make it work to make it run well so you know i remember thinking you know a bag of crisps like what does that actually do for you and i think i was about 16 or 17 at the time and i remember thinking oh god i went home and i said mom i don't want crisps in my packed lunch like every day you know no more mcflurries no, no, but flurries, they don't, they don't really do, do, you know, a great deal for your body in terms of the recovery it needs and the fuel it needs to perform. So, yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate, you know, I've, I've always mm. had a really healthy relationship with food and, but, you good. know, I think athletics is one of those things that, especially with athletes, it, it can be a, a difficult topic and sure. there were certainly girls on the program that, that, you know, yeah. needed to needed support with that area yeah. because they you know they weren't eating enough or the right things and um mm. yeah, yeah it's being was, talked was, about a lot these days isn't it men as well actually yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah so yeah that was great there's just yeah so many things and, yeah. and i think a, a definite highlight of that was um if you were running well um you'd be invited to run at the um grand prix event so oh, um, yeah. at crystal palace yeah. or i remember there was one up in glasgow um so yeah they would fly us up to glasgow and uh put, it was like a almost like an exhibition race so there'd be obviously the international um athletes racing in the grand prix but um yeah we'd, we'd get a chance to run as you know up and coming juniors um almost like a, yeah, a showcase event so yeah we'd, we'd be on there in front of a, a massive crowd and mm. you know I, I as much as I got crowds as a junior they were never as big yeah. as that you know pay, paying crowds that were paying to come and see Olympians yeah. and gold you know mm. Olympic champions race and world champions race each other so yeah I just remember you know you'd be in the warm-up area and there was um I don't know, like Justin Gatlin or something mm. crazy, you know, notorious, notorious man these days. Yeah. But yeah, you know, um, and all these these stars that you know I, I saw on TV, and you mm. think, oh my gosh, you know, I, I've got the privilege to race here, and yeah, there was yeah. some really great times. So you, yeah, so great. Kelly Holmes is uh, someone that you you saw as an inspiration then, and and looked up to at that time, and uh, it's funny actually because. Uh, um, your sister serves me lovely cakes in the in the um, cafe in Hazingfield. We'll give it a mention, the Moringa tree there. And she said to me that how Kelly was an inspiration for you. And she said, well, you know, she should have her as an inspiration now because obviously Kelly won her medals when she was older than what you are now, didn't yeah, she? So yeah, let's start yeah. let's start looking to more the present times and, and looking ahead yeah. as well. So, I mean, you've, you've told us how old you are. You've not been shy about that. So you're, you're about 30 now, aren't you? So, uh, yeah, I've just had my, birth, my 31st birthday last 31st, week. 31st, so, yeah. yeah. So, okay, we're back again. We had a little um, mishap, technological, little technical hitch there. But we're back again and we were just talking about bringing things more to the present day. So we... Your twenties were a bit up and down, weren't they? You're balancing your running, yeah. and that was was quite tricky for you. And then you that get to more. Yeah, go on. Yeah, no. So yeah, I was just saying. I I, I think it it's um it's scary how those years uh, quickly pass you by. And um yeah, I went from being in you know the best best shape I'd ever been uh, running PBs in 2011 to the following year uh, trying to be a teacher and and literally not having chance to go out and train some nights because I had so much work and uh and that's a real tough thing to, to you know to balance um you know before being a full-time professional with trying to run at, at almost a professional level and sure. I think um many people can relate to that to that dif- you know, that difficulty um so yeah um many years passed I, as I said I never stopped running but I just wasn't able to you know get to the track regularly or um really put the tough sessions in because I couldn't afford the time that it takes to commit to that um 
because I was, you know, obviously learning my trade as a teacher and, and committing, I would say, you know, I worked it out mostly 70 hours a week. I was working on my job. Um, I was, you know, as part, I, at that point, I was a primary school class teacher. Um, mm. Only recently, I've decided to specialise in the PE. And thank God I have, because that has, you know, now enabled me to really get back into my running again. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think 2000 and. 17 when we moved here um I had a couple of, of of injuries and things but I managed to get back into my running in 2019 mm. quite, quite well again um yeah so you CNC. did a yeah go on yeah no we'll see and see as we've talked about earlier like just incredible for for the opportunity they provide for the senior teams and um I well you know I had I knew that I had to be at a good level to make the senior women's team um whether it was a, a b team an a team whatever and um rick park selected me um to run for the b team i think it was the southern road relays and i, I shocked myself i shocked a lot of people and i ended up running i think the second what would have been the second fastest time behind holly archer who has, has who's obviously a current very 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 good runner incredible times um and and, and national uh, indoor champion um and i think is going to have a very very good season this year, but she was the, the the top the top runner on that day, and I ended up being the second second fastest time or third, you know, very very close behind, mm. and people were shocked, and I was like, wow, what distance okay. was that over them? Um, that was probably about five to six k. Yeah. Um, so. So you see, yeah. distance comes with age. You see, that's where you got to go that's now. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, and I and I remember like yeah, shocking myself, thinking, oh my gosh, yeah, I haven't lost it. I've still got it. Um, and uh, and I think poor Rick Park felt like, oh, I'm really sorry, Lucy, I didn't put you in the A team because they won, they won, they won the gold medal. I think right. on the day. So I felt a bit gutted to miss out on that. But again, you know, it's these things that then spur you on, and you think, okay, I, I can be there. I can be in the picture. And I. Um, Bless Rick. He didn't leave me out of any A teams. Then he, <laughs> he said, "You know, uh, you know, you'll you'll prove to me that you know you deserve your place." And yeah, very fortunately, um, twenty nineteen, I managed to get into some some good road races down in Ipswich. I ran a seventeen eleven, and I'd never done a five k before. You know, I'd done a park run or whatever, but I mm. hadn't run a proper five k road race. And, Was that uh, that one the one where they encourage elite people to go? It's a real fast race, there, isn't there? Definitely, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think when you mentioned Jack Gray, I think, I think Jack Gray yeah. ran there. Lots of CNC did, yeah. Came up high. And Laura Waitman oh, yeah. um, won, won it um, in a very, very fast time, you know. So, um, I think high 15 minutes, 16 minutes time. So, um, yeah, so I was quite far back with 17.11. But, yeah, still, still, you know, that's still a you know, reasonably quick time um mm. for, for female 5k running and i uh, a lot of people were sort of saying wow Luz, that's that's a really really impressive time and i didn't really know what was good for 5k mm. sounds so daft you know <laughs> as a tw- you know 29 year old because i've never really been in the 5k event i didn't really know what was good but i did recognize that that was a reason reasonable time so yeah i think i think you know coming back to today i think i just have different goals now and i don't you know i don't I said earlier, I think 1500 metres is an event that I never really pursued um, as much as I could have done. I think my 800s will be, my 800 time will be harder to beat because it, Mm. you know, requires specific speed training and it's not always as easy to do, um, you know, as, as a, as an adult with your work commitments and what have you. But I think, I think, you know, it's a lot easier to get out and train for the longer events. So, um, have you got yeah, a specific I, I, motivation now? What's really motivating you at the moment, apart from just getting back to the fitness you know you can have? Is there a, a distance um, or an event that you've got in your mind? Is something? Is it something to do with the team events? Anything? Yeah, yeah. I think the, the team for me, you know, um, we've uh, yeah. So more recently, so obviously I ran. I've talked about my five k time um, in twenty nineteen before coronavirus hit us all. But I um, I ended up winning southern gold in the autumn with um with a really really strong senior women's team um there so that was that was again another great achievement i think you know as a senior it's it's those goals that really drive you you know having having those team events because it is really really tough to achieve as an individual on a national level as a senior so to have um ambitions with the team is is something that drives me on knowing that i have to be in good shape to make the 
the women's teams um you know it's not just a it's not just handed to you on a plate you have to really work and show mm. good form to make the teams and then you know that if you're making a team you've really got a good chance of, of winning a national, national yeah. medal so it's great that you're there in Market Harbour, but you're still very much a C&C person. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I just wish I lived a little bit closer and, and was able to, to train with them more regularly. Obviously, I, I try and, uh, during holidays and things, I try and come over. Obviously, it's not been been a normal year no. to, do, to be able to do that. But yeah, in, in, in hopefully not, not too distant future, I'll be able to get back with the squad and uh, train with them as, as much as I can. Um, because every time I go back to C&C, it just yeah it's it's fantastic the atmosphere and um you know the group the group they have there um mm. for all ages and abilities is just is just wonderful and yeah every time i go it makes me realize why i love the sport and why i love the team um and yeah it, it's great so I, I look forward to those days ahead again perhaps now's a good time then to ask you you know the question i'm going to ask what your favorite session is is it one that you do oh. with with CNC or is it something you do on your own? Um, yeah, so I was thinking about this because I, I know you, you like to throw that one into everyone. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I've mentioned that I love I love short things and short, speedy stuff. So, um, an old session actually, um, which was used to kind of predict maybe uh, your your eight hundred meter race race predicted time. Oh, yeah. So I'd do I'd do um, it would be four by 200 uh, four by 200 so it would like it'd be a broken 800 um off 30 seconds recovery and then you'd do three sets mm. so it would be yeah 200 meters 30 second rest times times four yeah um then you'd have a maybe a four to eight minute recovery depending on yeah. the time of the season and then you'd do it three times um, so by mm. the lactic acid would build up and by the time you get to the mm. third set you'd be pretty pretty knackered but the, the third set would be a predictor of what you should be able to run in oh, interesting. the race oh. yeah and so you'd be going you'd be going max on all of them would you oh yeah yeah, yeah. you'd be i mean i uh, gosh i'd you know i'd be doing roughly 30 31s when i was running 206 so yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah slower yeah. towards the end of the session maybe a 32 33 if i was if i'd overcooked it a bit but yeah, yeah. and you know i look back and i think oh my gosh i dreamed to be able to get my legs to move that fast because i that's... definitely haven't tapped into those uh energy systems recently but that's... yeah that's something i want to do and that's something i want to get back to doing a bit more of um when i can get back on the track you know probably yeah. again but yeah would uh, you, would you what... still even even thinking more about the um longer races or the road relays would you still recommend to people who are perhaps aiming for 5k's whether they're doing park runs or whether they're at a higher level yeah. would you still recommend a track session at least once a week or not oh definitely definitely shorter things i mean um my mum my loves a park run and um it, it, you know my mum is is uh i won't tell anyone her age but she's you know she's not getting any younger as none of us are and she is now running the best she's ever ran and i think she I always say to her, you know, you gotta you gotta balance it because she'd all she'd just go out and run sort of five k every every few days. You go yeah. out and run a five k, and I said, Mum, you've got to go longer and you've got to go shorter. So I definitely recommend. Uh, and the other thing I was going to say is I really enjoy hills, um, mm. hills whether it's hill sprints or a mix of medium, short, long hills. I always think there's something you can really attack, and um, they're, they're really good for your strength as well. You know, in your core and and and, you, and your technique um, makes you really think about it when you're when you're running uphill. So, yeah, I, I would say um, never neglect speed because at the end of the day, if it's the end of a race or the end of a part run or whatever it is you're doing. You want to be able to to finish strong and um, get the most out of yourself right up to that finish line. So I do think um, you should never neglect speed. And yeah. whether it's doing a run and finishing with some strides or some, you know, some things just to get to get your legs turning over a bit faster. I think and the other the other thing is the faster you can run, then when you're running at your five k pace, it feels that bit easier. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's. It's a minefield of, of, of answers, isn't it? Yeah, Training and, yeah. and, and the way methods people use. But yeah, it's fascinating, really. And I think with experience, you, you learn 
what worked for you and what doesn't work for you and and yeah what exactly. worked well or what didn't work well so yeah there's uh, all sorts of ways you can approach it but definitely don't don't neglect the speed keep it keep it there if you can <laughs> good advice yeah especially for those of us who are a bit older i think and um yeah. <laughs> you know my other question as well then i hope the answer's not going to be crisps or mcflurry what what's the oh, no. <laughs> what food are we going to recommend <laughs> or recipe oh Yeah, that's what's in my cupboard, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always in the safe bet on a race day. Yeah, so. and you said you've been lucky in that respect that you haven't had to worry about your weight or anything like that. So, is is nutrition yeah. a big part of your training? Do you think you think you say you give a lot of importance to to recovery and rest? And do you think nutrition? Cause some people will say nutrition is almost as important. Do you go along yeah. with that, or do you think just being healthy uh, is the key? No, I do. I do think it is important. I, I, I wouldn't. I think. I think if I was to become, you know, or if I was fortunate enough to be a, a real, you know, a, a, an athlete, that was my profession, and I, you know, I was one hundred percent missed. I would really take it seriously because I know that that's that it becomes very fine margins, and you know, as I said earlier, what you put into your body, you'll get out of it, and it's mm. it's all about the recovery of the muscles and the energy system. But I think. I just try and eat, have a healthy, a healthy balanced diet. Um, mm. I don't, I don't, you know, cut out cake or, <laughs> or crisps or or uh, a McDonald's as a treat now and again, maybe after a race or after a tough cross country race in minus two two conditions or something. But <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I try to have a healthy relationship with food and just eat well, eat enough. Um, know yeah. when you've had too much or whatever, you know. It's, yeah. I feel very grateful that I have I have a good relationship mm. with food and um, yeah, just try and eat a balanced, healthy diet. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I know you, I know you've had a, a fall recently, so you, you've had a uh, you fell on your coccyx. You told me so, oh, but but you're getting yeah. back into it now. So hopefully, we'll soon be those of us who can follow you on Strava or following you wherever. We'll see an upturn in your in your fortunes. Uh, if people do want to follow you in any way, well, how what do you recommend to them? I mean, I'm on I'm on Strava. Um, I don't have that many followers. I don't I don't really yeah I don't really I don't mind if people follow me or not on Strava. I don't it always you know I'm not an avid post or anything, but I do put most of my training up there. Um, yeah, my Instagram Lucy Dowd ninety or Facebook. Um, yeah, I'm not a Twitter user, right. um, but yeah, um, you can follow me on on uh, any of those things. You're welcome to. Um, well, you know get in touch with me or uh, keep an eye on how things are going but yeah just I'm yeah. just really grateful um for your for your support and what you're doing with the podcast I think it's really really brilliant oh, to raise the profile. and um yeah just just grateful that yeah you're not you that people yeah will, will listen to this and uh yeah know that I'm, I'm not done yet and I definitely have um ambition and and drive and still want to get get lots of pbs and, and keep enjoying my running that's the main thing uh, it's great to hear because obviously you had a really early start so we don't want an early finish do we on the, like no, in teaching definitely. you don't want to <laughs> no, <laughs> not, no the love is still there um yeah it's always been a part of my life and i can't imagine not not having it in my life so i'll yeah keep 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 going and, and yeah, you'll be keep... wearing the cnc vest again for quite a while we hope and when oh everyone... yes definitely I, I did have a bit of a hiatus from it um my boyfriend managed to get me to join Coventry Godiva Harry's for a couple of years when we were living um, in that in that direction when I was living in Warwick. That's another famous club, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dave Moorcroft, he was a, yeah. Yeah, another another very influential uh, figure. Uh, My friend Alan Howard. Pritchard will be pleased to hear that he's a Coventry boy. Yeah. He, he's a listener. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. So yeah, I did I did one for them for a while, but definitely yeah, it was always drawn back to CC and, and was obviously. Uh, especially with their recent um, raise to to national success, um, yeah. I couldn't not come back, and it's it's yeah still still very much part of me and and uh, part of my roots and 
um, very proud to represent CNC. Fantastic. I think that's a great point to finish on. Thanks ever so much for joining us, Lucy, and all the best oh, for, for your running and, and everything Thank in the so future. Much. Thank you. Thank you very much for time. Take care. Well, I really enjoyed that chat with Lucy Dowsett, local Hazlingfield girl who was shining and beating the boys right from primary school. And as you heard in that interview, she went on to be really, really fast and still is. And we're hoping for great things to come from Lucy. Another teacher, another CNC star. There's a bit of a pattern emerging here. Anyway, keep tuning in to the episodes. I'm hoping to get some people from other sports as well. We're going to get some cyclists and triathletes and hopefully rowers too in the near future. In the meantime, please subscribe to the podcast. Keep rating and reviewing and get in touch on Instagram or Facebook, whatever you like. And above all, keep enduring.